definitely is a disconnect. I think, you know, I'll walk into a building every time I take over a new account and I'll see orders that are so impossible. They'd be very nice for individualized care for that resident, but quite frankly, you have to take reality into, into you know, effect. So you're not going to give something at the most bizarre time on a shift change or some crazy specific order that we all know is not going to happen. So I could speak for our dietitians, obviously. We do, I, I do agree with you that there is a disconnect where I think every dietitian should go down to the kitchen at least once a month and watch what actually goes on in the tray line. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another live recording of the Nursing Home Podcast, the only podcast that you need to go to to learn more about the nursing home industry. The podcast was created to find information that is not discussed anywhere else on the internet about the nursing home industry. Before we get into today's podcast, just want to offer a quick shout out to Jacob Fleischer of Luxury Class Tours. Check out his LinkedIn profile. We mentioned last time the next one who signs up to our email list is going to get a shout out. So go check him out to see more about the podcast. Check out our new updated website at the nursinghomepodcast.com. For today's episode, we are going to be discussing an area of the nursing home industry that we have not really discussed in the past. We're going to be discussing the dietary part of nursing home operations. This is something that maybe to the outsider is just food. And the main part of the nursing home is the care. And the main part of the nursing home is, you know, the other parts, the stuff that we don't know how to do and not the dietary services. But we are going to learn today that that is certainly not the case. So for that, we have Esther Gutman, a long-term care dietitian and founder of MNT Associates. For over 15 years, she's been doing this with her company and assisting nursing homes and nursing home operators in this vital part of the facility. So Esther, welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you. So just before we get into the episode, I know a lot of the listeners have heard about me. They don't know who you are yet or they don't know enough, perhaps. Can you give us the short version of how you ended up in the company that you're in and yeah, pretty much what's your professional journey that got you to doing what you're doing right now? Okay, so I am a dietitian. I was working in a long-term care facility directly for the facility, and I got approached by another administrator of another long-term care facility, as well as an administrator of an assisted living or an adult daycare. And they were both desperate in survey window, begged me to come on. So I came and of course, a bit of more than I could chew as one person. So I hired my a dietitian to assist me. And that's kind of where we took off from. At this point, we are servicing long-term care facilities, nursing facilities, adult medical daycares, and assisted livings. We provide dietitians to the facilities. We oversee them, train them, audit them. We're there for the facilities. Every administrator has my cell phone number. They WhatsApp me. Of course, we have regionals and a corporate staff, but I am, I am really in touch with everything that's going on in all the buildings, you know, and, and it. it was really just a way of streamlining our services so that we have all the dietitians in each of the buildings doing what we do at our standards. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you were thrown into the industry, apparently. You were a dietitian before that incident that you mentioned, but once you 
kind of really got in and became that resource that was necessary. So then, you know, the company grew from there. And we want to hear more about that later on in this episode. What I want to jump on first is just to dispel a couple of myths. Number one is dietary is not just food as people perceive it. As an administrator, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself and your team, there's one area where residents, family members sometimes can give the most complaints about can be the food. And I'm not and the the reason for this, and it probably may hit the kitchen staff more than your staff because the parts that they're concerned about is more preferences and you know the availability of the foods that they need, maybe less than the nutritional benefit of it. But there's just one thing I think that's important to point out, and I'd love to hear your take on this. The one area of the one area of service that every resident, every family member understands is food. It may be that the medications that they take, the therapy, the nursing, everything else that's going on in the facility, the maintenance, housekeeping, these may be things that they don't they're not really familiar with. They don't really understand. They may be more critical to their thriving and surviving in the facility, but something they can't relate to as much, but food is important and everyone gets that. And most many people have made food their whole life and they may be very skilled and may have a very discerning palate. So is that something that you find they almost like a unfair disadvantage that the dietary department has over the other departments? Absolutely. It's usually the number one complaint, not usually, but typically the number one complaint. It's something I'm very passionate about. You know, I obviously get, I, I feel for these residents, they're in this building. That's one of the only things they have left to look forward to. When I in-service the staff, that's actually what I tell them. I say, that's what they're looking forward to is what they wake up in the morning and they go wear themselves over to where the menu is posted to see what's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and what the alternate is. And that's really all they have to look forward to many of them. So it's very, very vital besides for obviously all the dangerous aspects that may occur where they may obviously have a tray in accuracy and get a piece of toast or a piece of chicken when they're on a ground or puree diet. But just from the the you know standard of living aspect and from their quality of life aspect it's it's probably the most important thing and like you said that's really you know all that they see they they know they get medications but they don't really care which one it is they very much so you know they get all bent out of shape it's not unlikely that i walk into a room and they'll hand me their diet slip and start showing me hey it said i was getting mashed potatoes and i got rice you know they literally will take notes on it and hand it to me. So it's obviously something I'm very passionate about. And quite frankly, they should get what they're ordering and what they are asking for. And their coffee should be hot and their hot cereal should be hot. You and I would not be happy if we had cold coffee in the morning. So, you know, it's something I love food. Most people love food. It's something we all look forward to. And it should, the hot food should be hot. The cold food should be cold. They should get what they asked for. And yes, it's something I am quite passionate about, which is what brought me to start my sister company. (laughs) So, you know, I got so, I got frustrated to the point that we started a sister company to try to bring our standards to the kitchen as well, not just on the clinical side. But, you know, there was one time that I actually went into a room and it was like the third day. I happened to have been in a building all week because there was some other things going on. And this guy was just complaining, all I want is Cheerios and he couldn't get Cheerios. So I, I actually walked down to the kitchen and brought him up a couple of Cheerios, a couple of, you know, those little individual sized Cheerios and put a whole bunch in his room because I just wanted to know that he was going to get them when I wasn't there. So yeah, yes, it, it is a problem. And it's something that we're constantly, we do, we do take a part in that as well. You know, so the, but then nursing probably went into the room, and took them away because of the mice problem and because of that I'm supposed to have food in their rooms. Now, sometimes, they're not taking into account. I know that they're they're 100%, but sometimes... So so let's get right into this. Well, three days in a row, if they missed the Cheerios on the breakfast tray, then I was going to the kitchen to get it for him. Exactly, regardless, because they had enough time to figure it out themselves. So 
this is something that, that I know we mentioned before. That sometimes we feel that when there's outside professionals that come into the building, they see their piece. So like what you said is 100% true. This is almost like how operators or administrators feel when the Department of Public Health comes in for their survey and they're checking the heat of the coffee, which by the way, you get dinged both ways. If it's too hot, it's too dangerous. If it's too cold, it's, you know, it's not fair because they're supposed to have hot food. So you have to get the exact temperature and there are like a gazillion and that's an exact number variables of the reasons why that could not be the case. Because it leaves, you know, being as you know, and as many people listening, you know, but let's just speak it out, leaves the kitchen from whatever the heat source is, goes into something that's hopefully insulated. Maybe it's already out in cups, which the temperature is decreasing very quickly. And then it has to make it all the way up to the room. And then the trays have to be passed and have to be passed in a timely fashion. And there's the, the just so many things that have to go right for that to happen. And as as you know, like you mentioned, like you bit off more than you can chew and you spend your, you know, a lot of time in nursing homes. Almost every day is a crisis from one day or from one reason or another, either missing equipment, missing staffing, DPH is in the building, the fire, there's a fire in the building, literally, or just someone, a fire drill or something is going on. There's an in-service and you pull, you know, people are pulled off the floor for short periods of time. And for all that to happen, for all that to happen correctly, it, it could be very challenging. Now, you're 100% right. It should happen anyway. And if, you're, if you are a facility, you're accepting responsibility to do things correctly. Do you think that the typical dietitian, your own company excluded, understands the surrounding that they're working in and includes that in the way that they relate to the people that actually need to do the work? Or do you experience this disconnect? And I'll add one more point. How do you address that with your team? Okay, so there definitely is a disconnect. I think, you know, I'll walk into a building every time I take over a new account and I'll see orders that are so impossible. They'd be very nice for individualized care for that resident, but quite frankly, you have to take reality into, into you know, effects. So you're not going to give something at the most bizarre time on a shift change or some crazy specific order that we all know is not going to happen. So I could speak for our dietitians, obviously. We do, I, I do agree with you that there is a disconnect where I think every dietitian should go down to the kitchen at least once a month and watch what actually goes on in the tray line. They should see what they have to do, the fast pace, you know, the fast-paced environment, how fast they have to get all those trays out, the chop, the ground, the puree, the special orders, the, you know, the always available, the calls coming in, but they don't want this and they do want this and and the reality of what goes on. So I think that every dietitian should spend a little bit of time in the kitchen and that would actually really help them understand what goes on. To answer for our dietitian, we very much so, you know, we give that as part of our orientation and part of our training is we very much focus on the reality as well. You know, yes, you're right. And ideally it would be so wonderful if we could do this, this, and this, but just taking into, into account what realistically might be, you know, doable in the nursing home environment with the staffing limitations, with whatever other limitations are going on in different buildings. All that being said, I, I definitely do encourage them to be a team player. And most of our dietitians, I have to say, hands down, 99% of them would, they walk into a room and someone doesn't have something, they'll walk down to the kitchen and get it themselves. You know, they don't just call down and say, hey, oh, bring up this and this for, you know, Mrs. Smith and 100A. They definitely will walk themselves down there, walk up to the nursing car, get them a straw, get them a spoon, get the missing health shake, you know, and, and actually bring that to help out the staff. Right, right. Amazing. Amazing. And I I think we both know that that's not always the case. In some sense, it'll be like you just said, a dietitian is going to walk in there in the middle of a crisis. And, you know, sometimes the 
staff may not, barely even notice that they're there. Like, how come this is not done and call down to the kitchen? And because there is a disconnect, then people, even though they're right, and even though we want their services and pay for their services, you know, from a from operation standpoint, it's difficult to accept even correct information if it's presented in a way that, you know, better than thou type of way. And like you said, if you're going to have the dietitian say, I understand that it's busy, let me run down and get it, even though the dietitian may have to go to multiple buildings that day. And, you know, the nursing home staff doesn't get the dietitian world either. But really bridging that gap is critical for them for for it to work properly. I'll add one more point. It's not just going down to the kitchen. That's a quick fix. And that's amazing if they can do that. But even when you're in the conference room, boardroom, whatever you call it, and you're having the meetings, a copy meeting or whatever it is, the dietitian is a key component. You know, one of the best trained and skilled professionals in the room, it can offer quite a bit if when she walks out of the room or he walks out of the room, they're not talking about this person who came in. And I'm not that this ever happens, of course. Right. right. But if if they're really teammates and they're really on the same team, then they say, you know what, from a from a dietary standpoint, this is critical that this happens. I get it that it's a challenge to be done here. What do you think we can do to address this problem? Instead of coming in every week, it's still not done. It's still not done. It's still not done without getting to the root of the problem. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Are you referring to weights or are you just referring to in general how things... I was alluding to weights, but let's let's talk specifically about weights. How do your dietitians, or even just in general, you know, I know this is, it's like a pain point. It's so critical to be done and the facility staff have a hard time getting it done. Why, why does that happen? And how can any dietitian help make it not just to monitor the process, but actually solve the problem and work with the facility to get it done? Okay, so this is this is the, the million dollar question in this industry. I always joke around that if I could invent some sort of device like an ear thermometer that will take weights, I'd be a millionaire, probably a billionaire. You know, I don't I don't fully understand why it's such a struggle. But I, I think you know, I think the reason why it is such a struggle is like you said before, you know, they need to get changed. The CNAs very often they're short staffed, especially now since COVID. You know, I would say in the last year the staffing shortages have been more extreme. But like you said, they need to get fed, they need to get taken to the bathroom. All those things will take precedence over getting a weight and they should take precedence. Even though I want my weights, I'm still saying that obviously the people have to be cared for, they have to be fed, their food needs to be open, you know, all these things have to happen. So that's the reality. Weights also still have to happen, as you mentioned before they are regulatory, you know, for regulatory purposes, for monitoring the residents, for MDS purposes, for PDPM purposes. We know, we all know we need to get the weights, but at the same time, we need to be uh, team players. So I think we touched on this last time we spoke, but I I personally believe that personality and attitude is 75% of your dietitian success. Yes, they need their clinical skills. Yes, their clinical skills need to be, you know, they need to be up to par. And yes, their documentation needs to be okay for when a surveyor is reviewing them. But mm-hmm. on a day-to-day running of the facility, the dietitian who have a pleasant personality or a team player who are not better than that, who will roll up their sleeves and wheel the wheelchair over to the scale to actually get, you know, once the, we can't lift people, which is, which is, you know, definitely hard for us that we, or we would, but, you know, a lot of my dietitians will take the residents that walk and walk them over to, to the standing scale. Or once the CNA got that weight with the wheelchair, they'll take the empty wheelchair and get that and deduct it for them. You know, but a lot of it is, like you said, being a team player, establishing a rapport, if you ask the CNA how they're doing, how their child is, how their weekend was, 
you know, what their plans are, anything like that. If you develop a rapport, if you treat them like a person, most likely, you know, they will want to work with you and you say, hey, come with me. Let's go over to the scale. Let's will let's just knock this all these weekly weights out. And, mm-hmm. you know, very often if you address them that way and you treat them like a person and you work with the with the facility staff and like I said, primarily the CNAs, you usually get what you need done. Let me add one more point. I think part of the underlying reason why this is such a struggle is because the facility staff don't really believe that it's so critical. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think they, you know, I think by now most of our buildings kind of realize how much we do. But I think when we first come in, they kind of view you as a glorified waitress, you know, who takes food preferences and they don't realize how big of a part you take in the clinical team. As a whole, dietitians are extremely detailed and extremely anal. It's one of our character traits. So we do pick up on all sorts of things. It's not unusual that, you know, I'll go into a chart and see that there was an abnormal TSH that was through the roof that nobody addressed. H is what? Thyroid panel. The TSH is a thyroid stimulating hormone, but I'm saying very often, you know, when there's a large weight loss or weight gain that doesn't seem to come from anywhere else, you know, nothing else has changed if the TSH is is high or low and they need their synthroid or levothyroxine adjusted, very often that will, you know, cause a weight loss or gain that is, that kind of makes sense of it. But I'm saying it's not unusual for us to find things like that or to walk into a room and see, you know, we don't just stick to our domain. Like if I walk into a room and I see a tube feeding lying flat, we say something. Not just when I say I, it's not just me, it's my team. You know, so we definitely, I, I, I do think that as a whole, thank God we don't really, we don't really deal with that. I think that most of them do realize our importance and realize how much we do. You know, they they see that we do a lot more than just the food and and just getting the weight. So let, let's just zoom out from your, from your team for a moment. And I think, and you could disagree, I would love if you disagree, unless you happen to agree, that the facility staff sometimes may see the dietitians as regulatory compliance. Like we have Department of Public Health. These are people out in a simplistic way. These are people who don't work. They're not on the same payroll. And they're there to enforce and ensure that certain things are just done. And then we have other professionals that come in. It might be the rehab team. It might be the medical director. And it might be the dietitian or anybody else who comes in. And they're not part of our world. And they're not here at 2 o'clock in the morning when the fire alarm is on. And they're, they just come in in the middle of the day. And their job is to make sure that we did our job. Who are they to tell us what to do? Don't they realize that we walked here in the snow for five miles? We stayed overnight. We purchased things for the residents out of our own money. We, we know these residents really well, which many of them do. And we're involved in life-saving day-to-day skills. So we are making sure that they're eating every single day. Well, hopefully, right? We are making sure that they're out of bed. We are making sure that there are there's nothing obvious going on. There's no change of condition. So yes, weights are important. Maybe. A, so First of all, do they really understand that it's important? And do they understand that it's not, yeah, I guess the teamwork element, that we're here together on the same side of the table and the resident is on the table, so to speak, and we're here to figure out how to best care for this human being. Part of, I think all of that plays into it because yeah, the feedback that I hear from the facility standpoint is they're coming in here, they want the weight. Do they have any clue what's going on here? So I don't want to you know, overstress the point. I think it's important that it's not just the professional versus the non-professionals. I guess understanding someone's a dietitian, not you know, just working in any town USA today, comes into nursing homes, has this problem that she can't get the facility staff to comply. 
She's tried to be nice. She tries her once a week to bring donuts to the department heads and they end up going to the residence or yeah. whatever happens to them. And it, it, whatever she does, she tries to be nice. It doesn't work. She tries to be tough. It doesn't work. Do you, do you think some of these things could work? And what other tips would you give the dietitians that might be listening to this for them to be successful, you know, with their teams? Then I want to move on to something else. Okay. First of all, my tips for dietitians or for administrators is have a weight meeting every week. It could be quick. It could be right after morning meeting. But when you have the DON there and the unit manager is sitting in on a meeting and they say, oh, last week she was 200 pounds and this week she's 179 and the reweight was 159. They're all jumping out of their chairs if they care about the residents because they're going, oh, my gosh, that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So you do it as a team approach. And it's definitely it makes it everybody's problem, not just your problem. And then I'm going to jump to PDPM, but now PDPM All was right. actually a humongous gift for us. Brent, that's where I wanted to go, by the way, next. Okay, well, I'll jump there for you. Now that we have PDPM, we actually have the MDS coordinators, you know, sharing in our pain. You know, if we have a missing weight on Section K, it affects reimbursement. So, you know, if nobody wants to quote unnecessary weight losses just because it looks just because they got that 159 when we know that the resident looks exactly the same as she did last week. So, you know, we kind of have this as a team approach and the way to get the whole team to care about your weights and to care about your resident and say, oh, my gosh, and sharing your pain, quote unquote, is if you have meeting like that. And it could be really quick. It could be, you know, 10 minutes after morning meeting, the unit managers, the DON, the administrators usually there and just running through them and saying, oh, she lost five pounds. OK, that makes sense. She's not eating anything. This is what we're doing for her. She lost 20 pounds. Oh, my gosh. You know, that is because she had a huge increase in her Lasix. Makes sense. And then you talk about someone who it's not even possible and the waist make no sense. And then it's kind of what when that's successful, really, the unit manager herself is going to jump out of her chair and say, I'm going to get a weight in her right now. That makes no sense because she's feeling in your pain and she realizes she sees your frustration and she sees that this is not just the dietitian's job or the dietitian versus the rest of the team. It's the whole team. And I think I started telling you about that last time as well. I really, as much as our dietitians are, you know, wearing their black M&T lab coats and officially get paid from us, they really are an integral part of the team. I would say, like I said, 99% of them have sunny personalities are are fresh and eager and very much you know team player work very well with the team have great personalities as much as i don't want them chit-chatting and coffee clutching all day long i do encourage them like i said to establish a report to get to know you know what their families are like and you know they are extremely well liked in their facility thank god and you know for the most part for the most part i do feel like the nursing staff i, I don't want to disagree with you but for the most part i do hear feel that the nursing staff does understand all that we do you know they'll they'll call us and page us multiple times a day mm -hmm. you know because they know that we take care of things also <laughs> you know they know that we'll call the family member when there's a weight loss we'll you know be present they'll, they'll you know they they get very excited when the weight makes sense and we we actually also really help with like i said with being a team player we it's to both of our benefits but in almost all of our buildings we are the ones entering all the weights into pcc so, you know, we, we kind of review them as we put them in. If they make no sense, we don't put them in. We asked for a list of reweights, re and that's also really helping out the staff. On most of our buildings, we enter our orders directly into PCC, again, really helping out the nursing staff. And we like doing it because it, we know that it's accurate. You know, so we, we do, we do I think, show them in multiple ways that we really are trying to work with them, trying to help them, and not just walking in and barking orders to get weights. Now, just to zoom out of that for a minute, first of all, thank you for that. That was very helpful. And understanding that's also could be a best practice, best 
practice, if you're a dietitian and you're challenged with this, so instead of having the facility staff putting in the weight, so then you're coming and questioning it, you should be part of the process of gathering the information and, you know, getting on it right away if it doesn't make sense. But just you mentioned in passing, you know, PDPM has affected a lot of different ways that we operate in the nursing home. How does, how did PDPM make the weights, the importance of the weights that much more important that the MDS coordinator is now on your team? Well, I mean, we all know PDPM is like a crazy word. It was crazy when it first rolled out, but at this point, it's just part of what we do. We actually have our own PDPM coordinator in our home office, and she audits all of the accounts every week just to make sure that we are maximizing on reimbursement for all of our facilities. So from a malnutrition, risk for malnutrition, you know, she's kind of looking at all that and making sure that everybody is properly coded. For those of you who who are listening who may not be aware of this, when someone's at risk for malnutrition or has an actual diagnosis of malnutrition, that actually increases reimbursement for the facility. Same, you know, if they're on a therapy, a mechanically older diet, and most of the reimbursement that we look at is if they're on IV fluids in the last seven days. So right, right when we get our new admissions, if we get, you know, five, six, seven admissions that day, the first thing we do pretty much is through them and see who might have been on IV fluids because that's seven NTA points, seven points for P2PM. So that's actually a huge money-making proposition and we would never want to miss that. So we do communicate that right away with our MDS coordinators and some of our buildings, MDS coordinators actually first communicate that to us, depending on, you know, I guess how strong the MDS coordinator is in a, in a building. But as from a weight standpoint, as I mentioned before, if we don't have a weight, it affects the reimbursement, it will come up like a, you know, an error message if you're missing a weight. So, you know, in most buildings, I guess at a certain point, you know, we'll get a lot of refusals. And I always say there's not 10 people that refuse their monthly weights, you know, refusal. Exactly. What I mean by having the MDS coordinator on my team is that, you know, we don't just take that. We, first of all, refusal means refusal times three. You have to try three different times. If they're tired one day, you try the next morning. And then if they're due for quarterly, we very much so try. We'll go into the room ourselves and we'll, you know, even if it's a frequent refuser, we'll walk in ourselves and just explain to them the importance and try to coax them to get it at least once a quarter. You know, so, and, and we have the MDS coordinator rooting behind us, you know, at, whether it's at morning meeting or if it's, you know, just whatever interdisciplinary meetings are going on that are discussing this. So, I mean, so in simple terms, since the implementation of PDPM, weights directly impact, they're much, they weigh more into the reimbursement. So, whereas in the, in the past, it didn't affect it as dramatically, now, now it really does. So, you're not capturing a weight loss, a weight gain, or other conditions that may be signaled or identified based on these types of things, then, you know, the MDS coordinator is not going to be able to do what she needs to do for the facility. And I hate when people, as soon as you say the reimbursement and clinical in the same sentence, you know, people get like, oh, you know, that's just money and we're here to provide care. The The beauty that PDPM did is that it's trying to align care and reimbursement, that the right things that are the right things to do for the patient are what you're going to get reimbursed for. So you don't take a hospice patient and give them aggressive therapy because there is no other way to cover their costs. I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit, but not completely. So the point is now you can provide for the patient exactly what they need and get reimbursed appropriately provided that you document, you're documenting appropriately. So whereas in the past, if this wasn't as important, now it certainly is. Just to clarify one thing, weight losses have always been a concern and weight losses have always been something that we didn't want to quote if it was not correct. Meaning if, mm-hmm. if they looked exactly the same as they did upon admission and chose that they lost 20 pounds, we would get more, you know, we'd get a reweight, we'd speak to them about their usual body weight. Weight losses were always something that we did not want to quote unnecessarily. And that, you know, and yes, of course, we always cared about our residents. So, you know, if there's a weight loss, it's not just about 
that we don't want to code it. We want to you know, intervene appropriately. Uh, and, of course. Yeah. My my point only was the reason why the MDS coordinator is on your team is because (laughs) this directly impacts their responsibility, which is to capture the care and to get reimbursed for the care. Of course, this was always an issue. The biggest proof is that you're in business for 15 years. And I think PDPM was not in effect 15 years ago. It was still important, all these services. Before we wrap up here, any final thoughts for dietitians struggling to work with facilities, facilities trying to understand the role of dietitians? Before we wrap up today, any final words? So kind of just recapping a little bit of what I said, where, you know, mm-hmm. we, we definitely are one of the more detailed people on the team, usually, quite frankly. So we do capture things that are not necessarily in our official, you know, quote unquote job description. But dietitians are an integral, a very integral part of the team. And if you have a good one, then you know it and you know that she's a good part, you know, a, a very good dietitian and an integral part of the team. But I, I, like I said, I think I think the personality, the attitude, developing a report with the team players, developing a report with the CNAs, with the nursing staff, being a team player and doing things that are not, you know, quote, unquote, in your official job description, go to the kitchen, get the food preference, go get the weight if they walk to the scale, take the wheelchair weight, you know, be a team player and don't just, you know, kind of be with them in, in their in their amount of work that they have to do, you know, just be with them and help do what you can do. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. If people want to learn more about you, about your company, where's the best place to send them? Okay, they could check out our websites, MNT Associates NJ. We're not just in New Jersey anymore. If they want to reach me directly, they can email me at esther at mntassociates.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R at mntassociates.com. And they can message me on LinkedIn. Amazing. I mean, we'll put all those all the contact information in the show notes, which will be available at the nursing home podcast.com and everywhere else where you consume podcasts whether it's on apple or google or stitcher or anywhere else really and if you ever are on any podcast directing you don't see the nursing home podcast message me on linkedin i'm pretty sure we're everywhere by now but if you find somewhere there's always these new directories that are popping up we just put it in india this week uh, we put it in other places too because they have their own system but if you find anything then certainly should message me to listen to this episode and all past and future episodes of the nursing home podcast you can head on over to the new website which is the nursing home podcast.com or anywhere else where you consume your podcast esther thank you very much for coming on the show we appreciate the information that you've shared and learning more about you and your company so thank you for that thank you thanks for inviting me
Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.